Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. Welcome back to the Voices in My Head podcast. I am your host, as always, Rick Lee James, and this is episode number 164. My guest today is Moda Spira. Actually, her real name is Latifa Phillips, and Moda Spira is the name of the new album and her pseudonym on that album. And let me tell you, it's a really great listen. If you've not encountered Latifa before, then you are in for quite a treat today. In fact, if you have encountered Latifa before, you're still in for a treat because she's an amazing musician, uh, wildly creative person. I can't really say enough about how cool she is, and we had such a wonderful conversation on this show just a few minutes ago. I want to tell you very quickly about some good news, and it hasn't been, let's see, has it been more than two weeks since I released a podcast last? Gosh, time flies by, um, but I continue to do almost a monthly podcast now, it seems like. Uh, it's been very busy, though, in very good ways. The CCM Magazine came out, um, Jordan Feliz is on the cover, and uh, they did a, a, a wonderful review of the album, actually. It's it's so great. Gave it four out of five stars, and uh, for my first uh, major review by a great place like CCM Magazine. Just thrilled with that. And also, uh, since I last was with you, Worship Leader Magazine, the new May and June issue just came out, and I didn't know they were going to be doing a review of my album in that issue. I knew I was going to be running an ad in that issue, and that was cool, but they also did a review of the album, and they ran a special spotlight. So three different places in the May-June 2016 issue of Worship Leader Magazine uh, my new album showed up, so I am so grateful to uh, Jeremy Armstrong, the editor of Worship Leader Magazine. Uh, thank you for including me this time. I really appreciate that. As always, uh, since the album came out, I keep telling you, but uh, in case you're wondering, if you're a worship leader at your church, you can get all of the sheet music for this album through LifeWayWorship.com. You can also download tracks from there if you like to sing in your church and you don't have uh, a full instrumentation like you would like that's on the album. Just sing along with my musicians from the album you can do that it's great or if you have the musicians you need for the most part but you just want to add a couple other tracks along with it you can get that from there or from loopcommunity.com uh, it's everywhere online so if you want to know more about the album rickleyjames.com is the place to do that thank you all for being so supportive and listening but that's enough about me on this episode because we have a, an artist that I almost feel like I am not worthy to untie the sandals on her feet because she really is a talented lady and uh, it was just such a blessing to be able to sit down and talk with Latifah Phillips about her many musical and artistic endeavors. Uh, she is such a pleasant person. Uh, she really has a beautiful way of expressing herself and is very relaxed and, and just fun. Had some great stories to share and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. We're going to start with uh, the first song on her new album, Moda Spira. The title of the song is She Whispers. Thanks for listening to Voices in My Head. Swallowed, and your choice is hollow. 
by my guest today, Latifa Phillips, also known as Moda Spira. Uh, Latifa Phillips has a long resume that includes time as a solo artist and work with Page CXVI, a band that reinterprets traditional hymns, the indie rock band Autumn Film, and Sola Me, an experimental trio. She has produced albums for indie artists, including A Boy and His Kite, helping them place Cover Your Tracks on the soundtrack for Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2, her songs have been featured on One Tree Hill, The Gates, Lifetime Films, and the film The House at the End of the Street. She's also composed incidental music for MTV and E. Moda Spira is her return to solo performing. She plans to support the album with selected dates both alone and with multimedia pop-up shows featuring video, dancers, live painting, and other surprises. So those of you who are listening who book concert venues, you may want to take note of that for Moda. So uh, thank you so much, Tifa, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Rick. I'm excited to be here. It's always great to have musicians on the Voices in My Head podcast because you literally have been some of the voices in my head over the <laughs> uh leading up two times like this. And I'd say about 70% of our guests are musicians anyway, so it's cool. really it's really nice to have you on the show. 
Uh, I've been listening to your music for a while now, and to give credit where it's due, my friends at the Storyman podcast uh, were the first place that I heard you a couple years ago, and that was with Page CXVI. So I'm excited not only just about this album, but I, I'm looking forward to talking to you sort of about kind of spanning your career today if we have a chance to kind of touch on a little bit of all of it because you just are wildly creative it seems so I'm really excited to have a chance to talk with uh, a fellow musician who I really respect and admire. Yeah well it's always fun to be interviewed by musicians because I feel like we understand each other. <laughs> and we always feel like maybe somebody's going to find us out that we're not the real thing too. That's right, the other. Yeah. There's, all this, there's all this insecurity. No I'm not a real artist. What if they find out? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's really nice to have you today. So I, I want to start out actually by just talking to you about uh, some of your influences. I'm always interested, um, not only so much uh, in, in your past influences, but I'm interested in what fellow musicians are listening to right now. And I saw from your website that you had listed people that have influenced you, like Death Cab for Cutie and yeah. Patty Griffin and Radiohead, and and then yeah. some of the classics like Ella Fitzgerald and Otis Redding. But I wonder if you could. Talk to us about maybe who's kind of moving you right now. Yeah, um, I've really been enjoying, it's now a little bit of an older record, but it's a record called Woman by Rye, R-H-Y-E. And I think they're from Canada. I think they're just a duo. But really, it's kind of like a neo-soul disco kind of record. I I really enjoy it. Um, So that's a really good record. Uh, I'm always listening to Imogen Heap. She's like one of my major influences for the record, but also just for my life. Nice. Um, so I have all her records. She's somebody where she comes out the new record, I just buy it. I don't even have to preview it. Oh. Um, uh, like, I think you, you might have said Yonzi, but Yonzi for sure. Um, who else am I listening to right now? I've been listening to a lot of Al Green, and uh, I've been listening to a lot of Marvin Gaye. Wow. Um, the What's Going On record, it's an older record, obviously, too, but really enjoying that record. It's so live-feeling, and um, it's a really, like, beautiful record piece. You know, it's not just, like, a singles record. You get to listen all the way through and enjoy it. Um, and then I'm always listening to Jao Gilberto and Stan Getz. It's, like, a Brazilian jazz um, um, combo, and I just really love their treatment of songs and musicianship. Um, I'm just trying to think what else is. Oh, I also been listening a lot to. Uh, um, it's the record Black Bear by all of a sudden blanking Andrew, not Andrew Bird. I'm totally forgetting his last name right now. That's but the nice. album's Black Bear. It's really beautiful. Oh, and then the Christine and the Queens is like my new favorite band. She's like a French pop star. Um, really amazing dancer slash performer, amazing vocalist. It's a really simple, um, but like simple production, but still full sounding record. Um, that's another record I've really been vibing on. That's great. Well, you're you're actually have mentioned several. I need to check out a few that I'm familiar with and a few that I'm not. So that's one reason I always like to ask people because um, the way that music streaming is now, I can easily look up artists and find new music. But uh, I, yeah. I people I trust, I want to ask and find yeah, out. So sure. that's great. Well, thanks for that good advice. Um, I've been finding myself listening to this. You ever you ever have like a kick where you have one song that you just can't get enough of, and for oh, some reason, like, have you ever heard the song? You're gonna laugh. Pretty Pimpin' by Kurt Vile. Have you ever no. heard that song? No. All right. It's um boy. You asked me how to sing it on the spot now, even though I listened to it a thousand <laughs> times. 
Um, it, just look up Pretty Pimpin' by, okay. by a guy named Kurt Vile, K-U-R-T-V-I-L-E, and it's sort okay. of a sort of about him not recognizing himself in the bathroom sink it's 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 a really it's a it's kind of a crazy song but it's one of those that my wife and i both are like man this song's like crack i can't stop listening to it just over and over again yeah um well anyway that that's great i'm i'm really glad to hear some of those new music recommendations now this next question you may find difficult but it's because it's a difficult scenario okay And this this can be – you're just going to have to think on your spot for this. Okay. Um, if you were stranded on a desert island, of course, and you had, like, very little time to prepare, which is okay. why I'm giving you this question, I want to know one album, one book, and one movie you would take with you, assuming that this desert island had a, a DVD and a TV, you know, for you to watch uh, something. One movie, one album, and one book. One book. Those, these are your desert island things that you had oh. to you had to pick between one of each. Okay. Um. Let's start with the movie. I would probably bring uh, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings extended version. Nice. And for book, I would probably bring The Last Battle. Uh. The in the. Uh, yes, Lewis. Yes, yes, yeah. Lewis. And then for record, that's so mean, Rick. I love records. <laughs> um, I would probably bring. Oh, this is tough. It might be a tie for me between, which I know is kind of cheating, between Yonzi's Go record or Aqualung Memory Man. That's one of my favorite records of all time. Came out like in 2010. All right. So yeah. Well, see, that's the problem when you're Desert Island scenario. The plane's going down right away. You don't have time to choose. You just have to pick. So okay, okay. I think I think I picked Memory Man by Aqualung. Okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> well, see, if it ever happens now, you've, you've thought it through. So yeah, that's true. You grab, for sure. <laughs> no, actually, I like those. Those are great choices. And it's funny, I was just talking with somebody. Um, he actually writes curriculum for the Methodist Church. Mm. And uh, he was trying to ask about uh, some things about teaching for the Apostles' Creed. And, uh, and we were talking about uh, Return of the King as uh, as a way when, when um, you know, Christ being... Uh, Lord over both death and the grave, and that that great scene in that movie, it's, it's where uh, Aragorn like takes command of the realm of the dead. Yeah. And, and I thought we were in that part of the Apostles' Creed where it says he descended to the dead and then raised again. I always think like, wow, that's such a good like Jesus moment where Jesus comes and we we show the mastery over not only the living but the dead. So good, mm-hmm. good book choice there. There's a lot in Tolkien to uh, to unpack for sure. Yeah, 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 a ton. Well, sorry to put you on the spot like that, but you did oh, okay. you did an excellent, excellent <laughs> job with those choices. Okay, so I, good. I think now now the good thing is maybe you're not the only person stranded on the island, and other people have picked good things too. You can put That's your stuff true. all together. So okay, okay. Ho- hopefully you landed there with a group of musicians and artists that felt the same, you know, and grabbed some stuff. So right. Well, let's let's get into uh, some of your music here, and I want to talk about the new album. But I think if you don't mind, I think it might be kind of fun to just kind of start with some of your earlier work and I'll just kind of work through and maybe I could just ask you about these certain projects and then as I ask you you can just kind of talk to us a little bit about it uh and in case anybody hasn't hasn't heard all your work chances are they've heard some of it but you've done so much and with so many different 
um, so many different groups or under different pseudonyms. And, I, and remind me, I want to ask you about the name Modus Spera and where that came from later, okay. too. But uh, let's start out just like your early solo work, some of the, the first stuff you did. Tell us about that and kind of kind of how that came about. Oh, man. I mean, I was 21, still in college, and wanting to make a first record. And I did it under my name, Tifa. Um, and, you know, you know, I think as artists, um, in today's age, a lot of us learn how to make records by making records. And um, I think, like, my first few Tifa records were my education. And, sure. um, and so I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm super proud of those records, but I felt feel like they had to happen in order to be where I am now. Sure. Um, and that was my first venture into writing and recording a real record and, you know, kind of pulling the band together. Um, and then uh, moved to California, came back after a year, and met my bandmates for the Autumn Film and Paycheck VI, um, Reed and Dan. Um, and we started Autumn Film first. Um, and so, yeah, so my first Tifa records were just very, like, I was playing, I only had one piano song on the record. It was, like, me and acoustic guitar, because I couldn't mm. afford to have a piano yet, sure. even though that's my primary. Um, and so it was such a nice transition when I moved back to Colorado and started the band with the guys that I got my first Nord, I got my first keyboard. And that really, I think, helped develop my songwriting immediately because sure. I was more comfortable on the keys. Wow, that, that's really cool. And and so you started traveling pretty quick, too, whenever you were doing that solo work after recording. Which came first, the recording or, or like, playing out live places? Uh, well, I mean, I was in college, you know, so oh. I played, like, the local college, like, places. Um, mm-hmm. And I would do, like, open mic night. And sure. then the record came. Um, and then I moved out to California actually to study painting to get a master's in painting. And with a year in and realized I was still gigging, like I was playing every open mic night, like down in North Hollywood, I could and playing. Wow. A lo- I, I remember I played the Long Beach Marathon, which was like the lamest gig because I was at mile 18. So like everyone's super tired. And it's like one runner every 10 minutes. And yeah. It's just- and an acoustic guitar, which is like really unmotivating for a runner. <laughs> oh wow! Well, well, keep some of those in mind because I'm going to ask you about best gig you've had and oh, worst worst right. gig you've had later. So we'll right. we'll get into some of that. But that I've got to say that's one of the most unique. Some friends of mine recently played for like a 5K, and it was a similar thing. But they yeah. they set their um you know people who organize races are not thinking about the musicians if they no. Say the, no. uh, otherwise they <laughs> otherwise they probably wouldn't hire them in the first place for right. a 5k but yeah. the, the ones they just did recently they were telling me they they set them up in like a shelter house and they faced the band the opposite direction of where all the runners were so they weren't even looking at the, at the people right it's like a long rehearsal <laughs> yeah so exactly funny. that is um, so yeah and then i made like a few tifa eps you know in that time before i met the guys i i, I think i made three total and um and then met the guys and then we decided to make our first autumn film record wow well, let's go right into that, then. I want to hear more about Autumn Film. That's actually uh, one of your, your bands I haven't listened to yet, and I'm, mm-hmm. I I want to the more I read about it and hear about it. Uh, but it, it sounds like to me, from what I hear other people saying, that that's more of the – is that more of the rock band type? Yeah, it's, it's like an indie pop rock, you know? Like, I would say, like, Death Cab is definitely one of our main influences and okay. Coldplay. Oh. Um, so a lot of people would – you know, we're not Coldplay or Death Cab, but those were kind of like our – our, uh, you know, 
cornerstones of what we were listening to at the time. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, that was like we were playing bars and clubs, and we toured a bunch with Autumn Film. And, you know, we made a, a, our biggest studio album in Nashville, like a 12-song record, and um, with, like, an amazing co-producer, Jason Lenning, who's out there. And he helped us, I think, really up our game um, big time. And, uh, and so I learned a lot. I still talk with Jason all the time. He's so great. He mixed actually, um, our hymns two through four for, for page CXCI too. But, um, but yeah, so Autumn Film was, you know, we were literally hopped in a van and, and did long, our longest tour was like a 10 week run. Um, and then we started going out for like three weeks at a time and coming home for a week and would just kind of play anywhere that would let us play. Um, and so it was really fun. And those are all like songs that are very personal to me. Mm -hmm. I, I lost my dad in that time, and so oh. there was a lot of songs just around the grief cycle, and then I also had met Reed and fallen in love. He's in the band, and we had gotten married, so there was, like, those kinds of songs, you know, so just, mm. it was very much about my life, and um, and we were just leading worship on the side, on the road, honestly, um, under no moniker, and then Page CI kind of um, accidentally came into being uh from autumn film touring okay so so sort of the side project from the the autumn film that's cool yeah. and so yeah. that's on the on the weekends you're leading worship in churches yeah basically so, that's great yeah it's really fun and then you know we got really pressured by the people we were leading um especially some good folks in arizona to really put the hands down on a record and we didn't want to do it under autumn film because it didn't feel like that's what autumn film was and so we decided um, after about a year of thinking about it and feeling kind of resistant that what if we just do it and we do it under a different moniker? Um, and, and that's how Page CXCI came to be. And our policy as a band was like, we love both these projects and whichever one succeeds, we're really excited about, you know, and Page just kind of overtook Autumn Film over the years and then wow. became the majority of what we did the last six or seven years. Well, that's neat. So you kind of hear the origins of that. And, and I, I love what you did with Page CXC. Uh, now, now real quick, I want to get into the name. Uh, what, what is the, uh, the source of the CXVI? Is there a certain uh, hymn number that that represents in a hymnal you were looking at or? You know, it was actually from a C.S. Lewis book, The Magician's Nephew. Um, oh, okay. and it's page 116 in the book that I was renting from the library. And I was <laughs> rereading the series and, I loved the chapter where the characters get trapped in a space that's void of light and void of sound, and then they begin to see Narnia being sung into creation, and they first hear the voice, and what they realize at the end of the chapter is that it's Aslan, who's the Christ figure, and he's been singing Narnia into creation, and so we love the idea of mm. picking the page where they first hear God singing, so oh, that's yeah, that's great. where that's from. Yeah, that that's one of my in a very similar fashion to that Tolkien in the Cimmerillion when he talks about his god character Iluvatar mm -hmm. creating the universe also uses the language of God singing and yeah. and his song. I love that. I think I wonder. I don't know who ripped it off from who between those two buddies of uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, but it's a yeah. good. It's a really great way to describe it. That's it awesome. is. It is a great way. So with CXCI, you started. Uh, sort of doing these projects of really the seasons of the church year, I mean, is really where they're going from. Um, and that just kind of developed out of your worship leading on the side, you'd said. Well, yeah, well, actually, we first just did four records of hymns. And okay. So we have hymns one, two, three, four, and it was just a bunch of hymns that I've fallen in love with and the guys really liked. And some of them were suggestions from fans by the time we got to the later records. 
And then we did a lullabies record because my nieces were born and I wanted them to have really great music to fall asleep to. And then, <laughs> and then we did a remix record where Derek Webb took seven songs out of the first four records and did remixes that are really vibey and cool. And that's how we actually first met Derek, which is how I then connected to do Solo Me. For Solo Me. And, um, and then after the remix record, then we did um, – the calendar project where we walk through the church calendar advent through Easter over three EPs. Um, and so that's like our latest release, which was released about a couple yeah. of years ago. So, yeah. And yeah. oh, that's great. Now we got it. Well, we should talk about solo me quickly then, because that is, yeah. that is such a unique uh, project itself. Yeah. Uh, if, if memory serves, the first place I heard of that was relevant. Um, yep. I, I think I both read about it in the magazine, and uh, I believe you were maybe on their their podcast too, and had done some live music, or possibly Derek was. I think Derek did it because okay. I definitely was not on the podcast. Oh, okay. That would have been fun though. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what it was. I remember now that you said that because uh, Derek went on the podcast and he was talking all about it, and and he really was in love with your voice. I mean, it, it, he had he did such a great. Um, I mean, he just seemed so gracious about it and was yeah. just, just really, it, you could tell he wasn't, um, he wasn't making it up that he really liked what you were bringing to it. And I, I what a great compliment from a great yeah. musician like him too. Yeah. We actually got to go on the road with him for a couple months and we did like a page check the eye Derek tour and he was lovely. I mean, he was absolutely kind and easy to work with and a blast to be around. The guys really loved him as well. Um, so yeah, I can't say enough nice things about Derek. I think he has always been very good to us and so it was a real honor for him to ask me to sing on the project and you know it's about ai which is so interesting and it was yeah. whole tale and, and the solo me record inserts into his control record um and it's really fascinating and I, you can get the solo me record for free on noise trade so i would encourage everybody um to go grab that because why yeah. not yeah, that's that's where I believe I picked it up the first yeah. time. So that yeah, well, really, I mean, yeah, just really interesting music. It's not like anything that I can remember hearing before. Yeah. I mean, it really is, um, and and that's really something to to say. I mean, that's about the highest compliment I can pay to a musician uh, is to say I haven't. I mean. I haven't heard anything like that before, and and also also that it's really good. Like that. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like like I yeah. want to I want to hear more, and um and so that that's just fascinating to me. Um, how your your minds must even work in the studio and when you're writing in those processes because I'm a I'm a pretty simple like grab a guitar and and uh, electric or acoustic or whatever and start doing right. pr pretty much just those guitar player things you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet I know Derek is pretty much just a guitar player too but boy he comes up with some just imaginative stuff and and you do yeah. too so great combination. Cool. I should say that Derek wrote all the lyrics and Josh Moore wrote all the music. And I actually just sang on that project because um, they had already kind of scoped the whole thing out and were just looking for a voice. Wow. So it was the first time the only thing I've done is sing on a record because I produce and write and do a lot almost yeah. a lot or almost all the stuff for our projects. And so it was really relaxing just to come in and sing. <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's yeah. so great.
Yeah. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about. Um, I mean, we could talk about your MTV and your E stuff if you want, or we can just go right into Moda Spirit. What What would you prefer? Let's just go into Moda Spirit. Okay. I'm most excited about that. Okay, that's what I want to get to then, because yeah. that's that's what I've been listening to lately and have been enjoying it. And it's uh, it's a really unique album in itself. And listeners, you just heard she whispers as it came on. And uh, taking this actually from from your website, uh, you have said of your newest projects that project that the songs are all dear to me so i gave myself permission to be vulnerable if you're feeling down and lost this record will let you know that you're not alone and help you keep moving forward um i wonder if you could talk to us about some of the subjects that you wrote and sang about on the album that you feel like have given expression to some of those vulnerabilities that that you're speaking about yeah um you know to be totally candid uh the record really comes from Reed and I having just like a period of time where we really were struggling in our marriage and uh, there was no infidelity or anything like that. But honestly, we just um, had gotten in a habit of not being that kind to, to one another. And as you can imagine, if that happens for a period of months, that kind of builds and builds and builds and then compounds. And, and then all of a sudden you wake up and think, uh, think, why am I treating you this way? I don't like this about myself. I don't like the way you're treating me either. Um, and how do we come back from this? And I think that, you know, w- you know, we were leading a lot of worship at the time and, um, and doing a lot of travel and we decided to come off the road. That's when Paige kind of came off the road um, to just, um, Dan and Jenny were ready. My drummer and his wife were ready to kind of start their family. And Reed and I were like, we really need to take a hard look at, at how we're treating one another and or just between him and I, and um, need to maybe spend some time in counseling and so forth. And I think that sometimes, especially in a like more Christian church type community, uh, you can feel embarrassed or shameful about, being honest about how you're feeling in your marriage. And um, I think we kind of want to always project this image that, you know, we're doing really well or, you know, that like for somehow that if we're not getting along with our spouse, that it's like a deeper symptom that we're not like doing okay spiritually or whatever it is. And sometimes I think people just have a hard time getting along. You know, I think mm-hmm. that humans are humans. And, and so we just don't always make the best choices and don't always say the right things and, when we fight, we don't always fight kindly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the record for me was about, um, we obviously came through it. We spent about a year in counseling, which was really helpful and had some dear friends, um, just kind of encourage us through the process. And, you know, Rita and I really love each other and we're really committed to each other, but it was hard to kind of walk through all the painful things that we had said to each other or just had forgotten to do for one another. Um, but, What's really cool is I feel like a deeper respect and trust has now been built between us. We've been together 10 years, and so um, I'm really grateful for that. And so when I was thinking about um, the record and what I wanted to write about, I was thinking that there's a lot of love songs that are about when you first meet someone and you're kind of enamored or fascinated with somebody, and it kind of seems like they can do no wrong. Yeah. And then there's a lot of love songs that are about breaking up or how horrible the person is or I'm just you gave up on me, so I'm going to give up on you. Or there's the unrequited love song, right? Which, like, mm-hmm. the best one ever is written by Bonnie Ray, which is the, I can't make you love me. Yeah. So, like, oh, it's so good. It's, like, one of the best songs of all time. But there's not a lot of good songs about what's in between. Yeah. And, um, and I wanted to write about it, man. I, I just mm. felt really compelled to talk about it. And, you know, Reed is 
I love him so much. He is my best friend, and we both have grown a ton in this process. And it also took him a lot of courage for me to just kind of put this all on display in the record. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, but he, he was cool with it, which I really appreciate. Um, so that's why, you know, the first song, She Whispers, which is what um, everyone heard at the top of the of the recording, is about fear and about what it's like um, when you're in the darkest spot with somebody or yourself. And, and fear tells you, give up, give into the darkness, walk away. It's just going to get worse. There's no coming back from this, yeah. right? And yeah. And that's why I start the record with that, because I wanted to start with kind of the darker place. Um, but then there has to be like a moment of hope that helps you to push forward, which is um, there's a light, there's a light, no shadow can touch. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the second song in the fight goes into um, uh, what it is to be very intimate and vulnerable with somebody. And there's something about, you know, you could be roommates with somebody or family or you live with somebody or, or your spouse, which is what I'm talking about, where you can't hide certain realities about yourself over a certain period of time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, and, and same for your partner to you. And so that's why the chorus is my demons are coming out. Your demons are coming out. Our demons are coming out. And it's basically saying like, you can't hide from me. I see you, but I also see myself and, and we can either be shameful about it or we can just, you know, name it and move on from it, mm. you know? And, and then the third song is playback is all about how we fight. And, you know, be careful about what you choose to say because it becomes the tape that we replay over and over again in our mind. Um, you can always say sorry, but you can't ask somebody to forget it. And so, yeah. um, so like the record then kind of starts and then, you know, the fourth song we hold on is about an actual fight Rita and I had. And then, <laughs> um, and then, and then the record starts to move into a hopeful note of, you know what, we're choosing to hang on. We might still be fighting a little bit, but I know we can recover. And I believe in you and I believe you're here and you're with me and you want to work it out. So let's, let's move through it. And so the record kind of does this where it starts with like more tension up front, but then the cycles of conflict get further and further apart. Yeah. Um, and then the last one on the record, Thread the Needle, the first verse is, you know, here we go again. Um, uh, and like we're kind of re rewalking that path of conflict. But then the second verse is, but I love you and we have all these great, tender, beautiful memories now that this first fight isn't going to totally derail us anymore. You know, um, and and then the whole record actually musically, I'm pretty geeky and excited about this, um, cycles into back to the first song because I think that relationships are cyclical. We'll have seasons where we have conflict and we'll have seasons where we're getting along, but um, it matters how we have conflict. And I think that's the biggest lesson that Reed and I have learned and that I've learned and been really grateful for. Um, and and so that's why the record is really vulnerable for me, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, wow. but I, I wanted to be candid about it. I thought a lot about it before I started doing some interviews and I talked with Reed about it. And I just said, I think it's so helpful when people share their story because it helps us feel normal. And it helps, I think, give us courage to know that we're not alone. We're not the only ones. Like we don't need to be ashamed about what we're going through. We need to be honest and we need to figure out how to be hopeful in the yeah. meantime. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I, you know, I, yeah, just that, that takes such bravery. And um, a, few, a few years ago, it's, I'm actually in my second marriage now, so I, I understand um, when you say that. And, and and in church circles, especially, there's this feeling of shame, like, oh boy, I'm I'm really I really failed, you know. And, and even even in ways that were out of your hands, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm just I'm just less 
of a person now and so man what a what a beautiful thing for you to to be able to express and I know for me whenever I started telling my story when I was on the road and it, yeah. I, I was scared to do it at first because I was sure. mostly sharing in churches but I found that there was always somebody there who was going through the exact same thing Absolutely. And, and it just yeah. felt like for them and I'm sure you're experiencing this as well it's like wow we've that helped me so much to know that I'm not alone in this you yeah. know and yeah what a what a beautiful way for you to put that all together into music and uh, I mean let alone just the creativity it takes to put those kinds of things into words and how hard yeah. that is to do yeah. and you you've done it so beautifully. Oh, uh, thank you. I I want to talk in in just a minute about um the name Modus Spira but if we could I'm I'm planning on closing the episode um with a song that I really really begun liking a lot partly because of the music video you have of it but the song what you need mm. and uh and i really like you know even just the open face piano that's there on yeah. the video and i mean it's just it's it's neat to look at but it's a really beautiful song would you mind talking a little bit about that song too before we we get any further yeah, absolutely you know that one's kind of funny the whole record is really about reed and i but that song is half about reed and half about one of my closest girlfriends um but I wrote that first verse in chorus um, mm. when Reed was going through something really tough um, at work. So when we came off the road, he kind of started a new venture. And um, it was one of those things where, you know, I felt so bad for him um, and I didn't know how to consult him. And I just hastily wrote that first verse in chorus and sent mm. it to him on a voice memo and said, I don't know what to say, but this is how I feel about you. And and the idea of, like, you know when there's just no words, really, yeah. when, when something's really horrible happening to somebody you love, but you just want them to know that you're with them and yeah. and that you're kind of in the trenches with them and that there's we don't even know what's going to happen around the corner, if it's going to get worse or better, but you're with them. And, yeah. and so that's what that song's about. And the idea of um, being somebody's strength and their weakness, you know, I, I really like that, that, you know, when you don't have capacity or energy because you're feeling so defeated, have some of mine, you know, yeah. like I'll have hope for you. I'll believe with you. And even if you've given up, I haven't given up. And, and I think that's really real. I've had those times in my life, man, where I'm just like so despairing, and, and people have just stood by me. And it's, like, really painful and comfortable to sit next to somebody who's really depressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have to do it. And, you yeah. know, and, and, and you know, it, it's, it's really important. It's how we love people. And and then, you know, I, I sat on that song for about a year, and I got off the phone with my girlfriend who was just coming off a really hard six months, to be honest. And it was the lowest I have heard her. And mm-hmm. I, I just... I got off the phone and I um, said a prayer for her, but then I just feel like the prayer wasn't doing very much for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and then that second verse and, and bridge just totally flooded out of my brain and mm. out of my hands and the song was done. And then I recorded the whole thing and I sent it to Michelle and I sent it to Reed and, um, and I just said, I love you. And what's really interesting is that I have had the last year trying before, you know, getting the record closed and getting all that, I've been having a lot of health problems and, um, and starting to slowly, hopefully come out of that. But, um, I found myself needing that song for me too. Isn't that just like how it always works? But, um, so yeah, the song is really, you know, it's a love letter. It's a love letter to a friend, a love letter to my love. It's a love letter to me. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's and great. And my hope is that it just makes you know people feel encouraged, like by acknowledging that it's hard and yeah. that we don't know how it will get better. Which is why I like that line in there that I put in the second verse is, um, "Our wounds can heal up, but the scars will always show." Yeah. Um, I just wanted. I hate. I hate the like wrapping it up with a bow, mm-hmm. and so I just wanted to acknowledge like this might just always bug you <laughs> or hurt. Yeah. I or think- you- you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's that's one of the things I I really love about the song. It it reminds me in some way there's there's an Andrew Peterson song, um, that it's called The Silence of God and mm-hmm. there there's a line that's it's very similar. I mean it's it's not at all the same line, but it's the same idea of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the aching may remain but the breaking does not. You know, oh, and, yeah. and and I, I love that line. I love your line with that too about the scars and because yeah. uh, it is true and, and you know, you mentioned Tolkien a while ago. Yeah. Um there's um how my mind has just blanked, but I remember there is a, a section in the book where uh Frodo is talking about the wound where he had been stabbed. Oh and, yeah, it still and, hurts him. Yeah. Yes, and it still hurts. Is that even though it's it's healed up, there's a wound that he feels like he's he's always going to have with him there, and, and I, I think that's a wonderful thing for us to be reminded of. Yeah. Um, and you know, even as as believers, I, I think that that's a, a really great reminder of Christ too. That I think He is um, bearing the healing wounds. You know that that He is bearing those things for us in the midst of it too so th- thank you for writing that song and yeah. uh, i might i might talk to you a little bit more about that song actually off mic afterwards because there's it, it just it hits me so close but let's let's continue to uh on this uh but i really like that song so we are definitely going to close the show with that today right. tell me uh, tell me a little bit and, and the listeners tell us a little bit about the name moda spirit because i was trying to look up uh, like, is there a meaning? Is it Latin? I wasn't sure if it was a, a yeah. name. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it is Latin. It, I, I was trying to think of a name for the new project, and um, I have this thing where I pick names that are hard to say and weird. But when I was looking it up, you know, it's so funny. When I was looking it up, I found it. Now I can never find it again when I <laughs> Google it. But it said it was Latin for the mode of or the continual act of breathing. And... Um, I think there's something about life where we just sometimes just all we can do is keep breathing. Yeah. And and it felt really appropriate for the content of the record and the and the project and probably you know as, as I make more Moda Spirit records hopefully in the future will be appropriate for that too. So that's what it means and it just I really liked it and thought you know I think this is good. I think it's something we'll always it's a practice we'll always have to do. <laughs> perfect. No, that's perfect. That's that's a, actually a really good uh, meaning behind that. But thank you, because I, I wasn't able to find the meaning, and I was really yeah. wanting to know. It's like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a fairly smart guy, but I don't know the yeah. meaning of this. So that's <laughs> great. No, fantastic. Well, well, let me um, ask you just a couple more quick questions, and then I'll I'll let you go. I know you've yeah. probably got a busy day ahead. Um, but when you think about it, what are your? I know what your hopes were. You've kind of expressed for yourself on making a record like this. Do you have any hopes for the listeners whenever they're listening to Modus Spira? What What is it you hope that they'll take from this? Yeah, I mean, I I really hope that they just enjoy the music. First of all, you know, there was a lot of thoughts behind every sound and. Um, and that they'll kind of find themselves kind of moving along to it, that it captures their imagination and attention. But I really, you know, it's so funny because we talked about Derek earlier. Derek would always say that he writes songs to afflict the comfortable. Yeah. 
And I feel like I write songs to comfort the afflicted. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so it was a great, you know, tour pairing. Um, but uh, I, I really hope that, that this does that. Yeah. And, and that they walk away feeling, uh, like, I, like I said earlier, less alone and less alienated and not shamed or shameful. Um, but it kind of plants a seed of, of hopefulness, mm-hmm. um, even amidst, you know, hard times. Yeah. That's great. I I think well for my own self. I'm I'm experiencing that as I listen. So uh, I I think your hopes uh, for the listeners are being met. So if if I'm any indication, I, I can only speak for myself. But, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know what? It's been really great talking to you, and I I want to end on on kind of a fun note today. Just sort of um, you had already talked about this race, and maybe that's in fact going to be. Your worst, your worst gig that you have. Uh, but I, but think for just a minute, and and uh, and before you answer, I'm going to tell everybody where to find you online and and to find your music. But I want you to be thinking about your yeah. your best gig ever yeah. and your worst gig ever. All right, and okay. and try to think of those things. Now, while you're thinking about that, uh, listeners, I want you to um, go online wherever it is that you buy music, if it's uh, iTunes or Amazon or whatever way that you prefer to buy music, uh, just look up Moda Spirit. M-O-D-A is the first word, S-P-I-R-A. And I want you to go online and find whatever place it is that you buy music from, find the album, and click Buy Now. Okay? (laughs) Go do that. Um, You can even pause the podcast and go do that. Um, You can also hear some of it. Now, now, I may have spoken too soon because you sent me, I think, a private link, but some of your music at least is on SoundCloud as well. You know, it all is now. It's it's the record live. And then it's also on Spotify, but I always encourage people – to always buy it if they love it. Yeah. Oh, me too. Me too, yeah. for sure. Especially, uh, it's, people don't realize sometimes how little the artists actually make yeah. uh, from just streaming sites, and it's great yeah. to have those. But if you really like it, I, I do ask that you uh, invest. So, yeah. listeners, if you've been enjoying the music that you've heard here, uh, please look up Moda Spirit and, uh, and listen and buy and enjoy. And, and if you're finding yourself in a place where you're struggling right now, um, maybe let this album kind of soothe you too and, and let it just speak to you some words that you need in this time. And, and I think that's one of the most awesome things art can do for us. I like, mm-hmm. I like people like Derek that, that, uh, disturb the comfortable and, and yeah. afflict the comfortable things like that. But there is such a place too where we do need those healing, uh, times to come through. And it's a yeah. rare, it's a rare artist that's able to help us do that. So thank you for doing that. Um, is there, a, a do you have a, a preference to your favorite social media where people can interact? Is it Twitter or Facebook or what's the best you know, way? Twitter is one of my favorites, but if you feel limited by the characters, Facebook is great too. And okay. it's just at Modestira for, Twitter and Instagram, and then Facebook, I believe, is Modaspira Music. But if you just type in Modaspira on Facebook, you should be able to find it. All right. Great. Okay, well, you've had a minute to think about that, and now everybody's bought your album, so they have <laughs> in anticipation of hearing the answer to your question. Uh, let's let's start, because it's it's more fun to hear the worst. Let's start with the best gig first, and then we'll yeah. talk about the worst one. So. It might be tied between two for best gig, but um, one was a PHDXDI show that we did in Dallas, and Art House Dallas hosted it. They're really lovely people. And it was just such a wonderful night. You know, we had like 400 people come out, which we weren't expecting at all. And 
Um, it was just a really beautiful night of singing hymns together. I think I cried. Other people cried. Yeah. Um, and we had beautiful openers. And it was just a lovely night from start to finish in a, in a gorgeous space. And um, it was just one of those times where you feel like the crowd is just with you. You know, yeah. and um, and there was such it was a great listening space, you know, on top of that. So um, that's one of my favorites. And then honestly, man, the Modus Vera release show that we just had last Friday um, was awesome. I had two of my most favorite local Denver artists, Ivory Circle and Dan Craig, open, and I I did the whole record like from the first song to the last song in order because when else can you do that besides <laughs> a CD release? Then I got to talk a little bit about what the record was, and I had a six-piece band with a horn section, and wow. and and Caleb, my drummer, also played in SBDSX, so he played a lot of the program drum sounds, and the band really did a great job, and. Having two tr- live trumpets was amazing, and um, two backup singers, and um, so it's just you know I don't I probably don't get to tour with that full of a setup. So it was just really fun to play the record live, and we did all the sounds, and um, and almost 200 people came, which was amazing because wow. I've never had a Motospira show before. So um, it was really fun, and, and it gave me a lot of excitement for getting to figure out how to tour this record. I'm not sure yeah. yet how I'm going to do it, but would love to do it and. Um, so those are both I felt really loved and really yeah. excited. And well, congratulations. Just, That's really you. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. And then worst show, yeah, okay, so the 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 marathon was horrible. I mean that, <laughs> but I think maybe the worst show we were on tour with Autumn Film and we were going through Arkansas and we played this town where it literally felt like a ghost town, like there was just like wood like literally like wood facades to make it look bigger than it was. And then, oh, no. and then we played in this room with some opener that was like a pop punk band and literally one person came. So it was like, and they were there for the other band. So it was like us, the other band, the sound guy. And I think even the venue owner left. And, oh, no. and then that one fan. And so you feel like you have to play the show because there's yeah. one person there. And it was horrible. Oh man. Yeah, I've I've had a couple gigs over the years where I played for the sound guy, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and sometimes he doesn't even stick around. So that... yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh wow. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that the uh, that the 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 first really good release show gig went great. And I was I was wondering about that too because the music is is really interesting music. But I thought, man, how in the world will you play this live? You know, and but it sounds like you pulled it off. So that's yeah. great. So. It was really fun. Now I just have to figure out how to do it with like either two people or three people or just me, you right. know, for like travel. So. Exactly. Well, yeah. I I have a feeling you'll you'll figure out a way to do that. <laughs> so. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and, and end our conversation here, and uh, we will actually end with the song that we had spoken about uh, just a few moments ago here on the podcast, What You Need. And uh, I just want to thank you again for being one of the voices in my head this week. Oh, thanks for having me, Rick. It was really lovely to talk with you. When you can pick up the pieces and all you
Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com, follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames, like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames, and keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. 
And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace, who raised Christ from the dead, strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.